The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're here for another episode of the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. Uh, not here, but on the line is my co-host, Keith Compagna. And uh, again, our sponsors are JobFight and Success Performance Solutions. Uh, if there's any listeners out there having people problems, you know, relating to recruiting, retaining people, managing people, engaging employees... Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We'll be talking about all those things with a good friend and colleague of mine, HR strategist Ed Crow. Um, let's start with uh, putting this today's conversation. Uh, now, it's actually every conversation we have. I think uh, for the last uh, oh, yeah. for the last few months, um, you know, topics we discuss each and every week on geek skeezers and Googleization. Uh, let's put it in perspective. Uh, I put this quote out. Oh, I read this the other day, and I put it out and got. Uh, I, I think I've got like two thousand uh, views already on it. So, uh, obviously, hit home. Uh, it's from Hal Varian. Uh, Hal is the chief economist at Google. Uh, he his quote is one billion years ago modern hope and, ho, modern Homo sapiens emerged one billion minutes ago Christianity began one billion seconds ago the first IBM PC was released and one billion searches ago was this morning. Uh, what, what's what's crazy about that is that that was in 2013. And uh, at least Google, tra- obviously, it's so it's now more than a billion hours and a billion minutes, but Google traffic's like even higher than that. I, I think last year they had seven and a half billion searches. Um, but one other stat, and we talked about this just a few weeks ago with uh, Jeff Gotthelf uh, from, uh, you know, he wrote Sense, Sense and uh, Respond, uh, that Amazon updates its software every 11.6 seconds. Uh, in order to create the best possible user experience. That just blows everybody away. So I guess the question for everybody today is, when was the last time HR updated or revamped its recruitment process or application process? Um, For for some, it may be, you know, it's definitely not, uh, I won't say a billion seconds ago, but it's it's a while. Uh, I'm not, you know, we're not talking about just putting it online, changing ATS, uh, looking at the whole user experience, standing in the shoes of a candidate. So we're, we have a lot to talk about today, um, you know, about and I, and management. I, so, yeah. Hey, so, Keith, yeah, I've kind of overlooked you there. You, you're not even you're 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 where where's I'm Keith out, today? I'm out, <laughs> right. I'm out in Las Vegas today with the HR Transform HR show. And it really Good speaks one. to everything that our guest Ed Crow and, and everyone else has been speaking to, Ira. I mean, it's amazing the, the impact of technology has thoroughly exposed the, the, the need for the human component of human resources to shine through. And it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse because, I, I know, as Ed will certainly uh, contribute to, not a lot of HR teams are ready for this. And I think it's going to be the quick and nimble, the ones ready to make a risk 
uh, that will come, you know, they'll make a run for a career here. You know, and what's going to happen in a billion, a billion seconds from now, right? As it relates to what, what HR leaders today are doing for their own personal careers and the people they work for. It's pretty exciting times here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, on Monday, um, you know, I, get, I gave a presentation to a, a, a payroll company, an H, you know, HR software company, really. And, mm-hmm. you know, in there, I started to talk a little bit about Google. You know, I used, I actually, I didn't have this quote at the time, but I started, I, I was talking about Google and uh, Google for jobs and Google hire, um, you know, how it disrupted, um, you know, with Indeed, you know, I mean, that Indeed's jobs aren't focused on it. And here's a group in, in the HR software business that wasn't even aware of that. <coughs> Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, no, it's, it's so crazy. There's, there's, yeah, there's a there's just a huge there's just a big big disconnect. Um, so, by the way, if anybody has any questions today, we are recording live, so you can call us at five six one six two three nine four two nine. That's five six one six two three nine four two one or nine four two nine. Um, so, if you have got any questions about people or the speed of change um, and and everything. Um, but again, that that Amazon stat is just uh, crazy. And then you think about how slow uh, a- HR has been um, to adapt, especially on the user experience side, on the candidate experience. I mean, user experience from the HR perspective is probably improving. But, uh, you know, on, on the flip side of that, it's it's even from the employee usage, it's not very good. So we'll, we can we can get into some of those things. Um, have you met? Uh, so you're at a transform HR. I think it wasn't that where Enrique Rubio uh, yep. Yep. from Hacking HR. He was our guest of. Uh, was it just last week? I haven't seen him yet. Two weeks I haven't ago, caught yeah. up with him yet. Yeah, yeah we'll, I, I'll be I, finding I, him. I, I talked to him last week uh, about trying to get the hacking HR up in uh, Lehigh Valley, and so we're he's considering it. He's he's going to put it together, and hopefully we can get something in in our neck of the woods here. That'd be uh, great. Yeah, That'd be awesome. uh, yeah. So, what? Anything else new and exciting? You were in Costa Rica over the weekend. Yeah, I just took a couple days off and uh, visited a friend's house out in the middle of the jungle out there. I unplugged with all of the Googleization going on. Uh, I was able to unplug in the middle of the Central American jungle for a few days, and I highly recommend everybody try to do that. Yeah, no, d- no, definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm actually hoping to do that uh, in May. So we're we're getting nice. going away. Nice. So that's yes. what we should start doing. We should have uh, unplugging camps. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We probably go out of business in three days, but uh, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. For, no, I mean, sure. all, all things considered equal, the the vibe that I've gotten from speaking with people earlier this morning from Transform HR is that these people here are, I would consider, uh, at least at a minimum, aware of the tsunami that's coming, the tsunami of change that's coming, and um, and you know, it, it's it's wild to see that they. Here on the on the in the uh, Pacific time zone, they they are aligned uh, almost as much as as the people on the East Coast in terms of what needs to be done first, right? And and we talk about technology and data, and I find that most people realize that they need to get their data under control, and and you know, like Enrique said, it's not going to be easy to do because they don't they simply aren't sure what the first thing to do is, and they've got all the tasks to manage in the meantime. I will share this with you. I had the uh, that pleasure of speaking at the Rutgers University panel. Oh, yeah, it seems like every time I'm on the time, show, yeah. I keep for, I keep forgetting about it. Um, but it was fantastic. There might there were close to 65, 70 people in the room. 
a whole lot of good questions. Uh, the pe- the panelists I was at, I was on, uh, include myself and one gentleman who came from Johnson and Johnson in a, in the, the acquisition merger, uh, component of HR and really, really fascinating. Um, you know, former lawyer, very, we'll call it conservative, uh, approach to, to what's going on and the challenges there. And on the right of me was someone who's been working in, in HR for maybe three decades and has a, a very passionate traditionalist perspective on, on the value of people. So it was fantastic to be in the middle of the two with my, what, uh, what I was uh, accused of being uh, a progressive in my uh, HR concepts, but it was a fantastic time. Really good time. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of good uh, stories shared. So, so yeah, it's, no, absolutely. And I, I know if anybody re- wants to read a little bit more about it, I think you, you put some of that up on uh, your LinkedIn. I think that was on your, well, I got a, you, you yeah, I got a whole bunch of, I got a bunch of recommendations uh, that came from that, which I thought yeah, was super nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, outstanding, outstanding. So, I, I think we're we're kind of leading up to this, and you know, to bring it on Ed, uh, especially about strategy, and, and obviously that's a HR strategy, and that's that's huge. But um, on the way down to uh, this meeting that I was at on Monday, uh, I happened to to listen to a podcast. I want to tune out on, but so I wasn't disconnected, but I was I was tuning out all the news and everything around me. And I started to read about, uh, you know, data and analytics. And there was, uh, and this just blew me away. And again, I put it in perspective of how far HR tends to fall behind. Um, currently, uh, you know, Amazon's model is, is um, uh, shop and ship. So people shop and then they ship. So, uh, you know, and, and a lot of people are on Prime and they get overnight. Or if you're living in, in the city, you might even get it the same day. Their ultimate model will flip to ship then shop. And by that, I mean is their algorithm is getting so good, so predictive uh, that when they make those recommendations for an item, uh, it's currently only it's about five or 10 percent. When it reaches, uh, I don't know what the the number is. They didn't share it, but when they have a patent on this, when it reaches, um, let's say, 50 percent. And they know that if they ship it, that the person won't return it. Basically, just by by doing a search, the next day you may end up with that product on your doorstep, and with with a, a high reliability, um, they know you'll buy it, you'll keep it, you won't return it. And and the only reason they're doing it right, they're not doing it right now, is because that predictive algorithm isn't quite good enough that they'll make money. But when they know they'll get right. less returns than they ship, it's coming to your doorstep. So take that mm-hmm. to, you know, and again, I, I say, okay, scary. How, how does this apply to HR? Because everybody's still running on gut. So that's why I was really excited about having Ed join us today, because Ed yes, and I have had is. this conversation for 20 years. And, and he, unlike you or me, came from HR. He grew up with it uh, and has evolved over the last uh, 20 years. We were right before the show. We were talking about how long have we known one another. And it's, and it's almost 20 years uh, that he and I have worked together. Um, you know, Ed's kind of official bio as he works with executives and business owners who are struggling with people problems, such as adapting to changing conditions. I think we have a few of those going on uh, with customers, investors, com- uh, community expectations. Uh, he turns irrelevant and ineffective HR functions into strategic contributors by aligning HR with business objectives. So, Ed, 
Welcome to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Hey guys, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so so you got the heads up where where our show was, uh, you know where mm-hmm. our, where our heads are. I mean, you you uh, right. you know you've known me for a while, and and I think we, we and I you and I met when I I was first talking about the perfect labor storm, which you, you know yes. what which we're well entrenched in now. Now that's almost mm-hmm. old hat. Um, you know what? So we're let's talk about the HR strategy. I mean, what's Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're on the you're literally on the front lines of this. I mean, Keith and I are more focused on the, the recruitment and software side. Um, what's the buzz? I mean, why 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 are why are the CEOs and and the CHROs and directors of HR calling you? Well, it, it, it's it's a it's an interesting problem, um, and, and I think that it has one kind of simple answer to it. Um, a CEO that I'm currently working with uh, heard heard me speak and said, "I mean, I hadn't said thank you uh, for attending the, the talk." And he was he was right up and he said, "You and I have to talk." And I said, "Great!" And we went off to a corner there and and started chatting. And, and he said, "HR makes my life difficult. I don't want my life to be any more difficult than it is." And I said, okay, well, I, I think I can help with that. Let's, you know, let's talk further once, once we both get back home. And, and you know, what I come to find out is that he's trying to run his business. He has a great C-suite around him. Uh, this is a, a professional services type firm. The owners are, are active in the business. And he has an HR function that is very robust in terms of numbers of people. It's an, it's an eight-person function for an 800-employee organization. And he, he says, Ed, they, they throw up roadblocks everywhere I turn. They can't hire fast enough. We don't retain the best and the brightest. We can't keep our people trained. I mean, everywhere he looks, he's handcuffed by what's going on or not with his HR function. And, and sadly enough, that, that's, that one story is not an anomaly. No, no absolutely um, not. Yeah. So, how, I, how uh, do, so how, where do you start? I mean, how, how do you make a change? I mean, what, you know, other than saying, other than we agree with him that that's a problem, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> how, how do we turn it around? Because, uh, again, I, can, I started this business in 1996. I didn't necessarily know it was mm-hmm. going to evolve, you know, more into the HR world. But um, so for 25 years, um, you know, at that point, I was introduced front cover of probably HR magazine and every other, uh, you know, I'm not sure there were blogs at the time, but, uh, you know, articles and workforce magazine. Every talked about HR getting a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still that's what we're still talking about. HR we're getting a seat at the table. Yeah, and, and I sort of changed that. I said, getting a seat at the table is too late. You need a voice at the table. And, and you know, maybe, maybe they have more. the voice. Yeah, maybe they have the voice, but uh, obviously they're not listening to what the CEO is saying or the CFO or the COO. Um, so, you know, I guess what do you what well, do you do to make that, to start making that happen differently? Well, to, to your point, um, yes. Uh, you know, I, I, as I circulate through the, the HR circles, I find folks that will say, and I will censor this quote, <laughs> but I had a, an HR director say to me, you know, Ed, I, I go into the board meetings and I report on turnover and retention and training statistics, 
And you know what? They sit there and stare at me. They don't give a <laughs> blank. And, and, I, and I, I looked at this HR director and I said, okay, but here's why they don't care. And I'm not surprised they don't care because you're not relating anything back to the business. You're not, you're not showing that, that these things that, that you believe are important are impacting their business. You're not making the connection for them. So they've given you this time at the board meeting, which is more than a lot of HR folks get, but you're not communicating in such a way as to grab their attention and say, look, folks, here's the problem, here's the fix, and here's where I need your help. You're going in and reporting numbers, and you're leaving. And, and actually, that's, that's what happens. She gets her 15 minutes, and she leaves. So you know, to even say that, that she has a seat at the table is, is not accurate. And, and, you, and, and I hear this. I'm sorry. Oh, no, please, go ahead. Well, I was just going to compliment that uh, because uh, I, I saw one of your videos. Uh, I am a fellow Generation Xer, and I always Yay. maintain that we're the middle, we're the, we're the middle children of the boomers mm-hmm. and the you know, and I and I was wondering like, what's the big deal? What's why is everybody in such of an uproar here, right? And you know, mm-hmm. when I when I, I totally envision that scenario of the HR person providing no business value to the board of directors. And then, you know, you, but, but I think it's deeper, you know, I'm sure you'll agree, it's, it's deeper than that because once that HR person goes back to their office, they're basically, you know, they, they may very well be left um, without any wind behind them in their sales because they're defeated in terms of how am I supposed to make the impression that maybe I, they're not trained, they're not, um, you know, cultivated uh, across many industries to gain that business acumen to connect the dots. I'm curious what it is that you see that you see come that, you know, what's the thing that, you know, individuals like yourself bring to the, to the board of directors that maybe is, uh, can, can help the HR leaders more so than make them feel less qualified to, to get the job done. Sure. Sure. Well, I think personally, um, one of the things that, that I'm very fortunate to have is a bit of an operations background. So prior mm-hmm. to, uh, my professional HR life, I was in operation. And so I, I got to experience life being served by HR. And here, here are the people that are getting hired and trained. And, and are they what I need to hit my performance numbers, to hit the goals that we have for customer service and so on? And so I got to experience that for a number of years before then moving into HR. So it's given me yep. a unique perspective on, okay, wait a minute here. This is not, HR is not about making people happy. And, and it, it drives me bonkers when I talk to HR people and they say that that's, that's their goal. And I say, well, what else? Oh, well, to keep us from getting sued. No, please, no. Right, right. Neither of those things are driving business value. And, and I think that the challenge is that your average HR person doesn't come out of school with an HR degree, which is, is not a problem. I mean, I, I didn't. Um, but it's where they come out of. Um, and if they come out of school with a degree knowing that they want to get into HR, what are they really being taught about true business? And I right. think that carries over to um, when I talk to various HR associations 
and, and I asked them, you know, what are the, the most attended sessions that you have? And across the board, by far, they say, oh, anytime we have a, a legal update, we fill the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I just, I just want to weep. Uh, not because legal compliance isn't important, but that is just such a small fraction of what it really means to be an HR professional. And yet that's what gets our attention. And so, you know, when I think about it from, from what does HR need, um, HR needs to take some time for itself to develop itself into a business partner, which means getting outside of perhaps even SHRM-related events where all the content is HR-related, going to true business um, acumen types of events and seminars. Maybe you go learn how, how to sell because, after all, if you're going to the board, you better be able to sell your idea. Maybe you need to go take that, that class on basic business finance so you can talk in terms of dollars and cents. But we've got to break the mold of an HR person thinking, I'm a specialist in HR, I know everything about HR, and therefore uh, I'm, the, I'm best suited for this role. Well, that's great if you're an HR generalist, and maybe even okay if you're an HR manager, but you want to climb higher than that, it's, it's not going to happen with the average business. You know what, what you're talking about. I mean, there's, there's a million ideas going right through my head about what you know, what what should the competencies be, you know, for somebody considering HR. I spoke to the student Sherm chapter last week, and uh, you know, somebody said, "What should we What should we study? What skills do we need?" And you know, and and some of them were in HR. You know, they're going to come out with an HR degree. So it it essentially came. Uh, you know, what are some of the competencies or skills that they might need? Uh, but beyond that, uh, you mentioned something, and I can't remember. I'm just drawing a blank on what he called it. I actually wrote about it in my book, uh, Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. Uh, but it was from Jeff Hoffman, and Jeff Hoffman was one of the uh, co-founders of. Um, uh, not paychecks. Uh, what was the transportation or the hospitality company where you'd, you'd buy airline tickets and hotel? Uh, oh, pay, uh, Priceline? Yeah, Priceline. Price okay, yeah. So he was one of the co-founders and he said, you know, what his habit was every morning he woke up and he read something, an industry, something about an industry magazine or something else that had nothing to do with what his business was. And, you know, the example that always right. stuck in my mind, and I heard this before, was, you know, like people in banking studied banking, uh, why would they read what was going on in the fast food industry? Well, the fast food industry, you know, like McDonald's, started drive throughs And, you know, somebody that was smart in the banking industry said, well, why don't we have a drive through <laughs> And, you know, right. so it is what ideas exist in other industries that that uh, initiate change, or, or was the catalyst for change that that is transferable, and then how do you disrupt you know your business model uh, to fit that? And that's you know we're all every industry is in in a, in a world of disruption. So, but you know with with that you know what are what do you feel are some of the competencies, you know, beyond saying, oh, you know, you should take a business course, you know, mm-hmm. in, in HR. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other areas that you would uh, suggest that, that you would recommend somebody in, in the field? Or, or as yeah, you said, talking about conferences, you know, what, what right. other vertical um, channels should they be offering? 
Well, I'll tell you, the, the first one that comes to mind, it's really honestly a shame that it, that it comes to mind, and, and maybe you'll laugh, but it's communication. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I am amazed at the inability of the average HR person to communicate ideas effectively and be persuasive with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we, we all know that when it, when it comes to, to leadership at any level, whether that be leadership in title or just leadership in, in being a peer that, that's respected, it comes back to your ability to influence others. And I don't know that the average HR person has that skill set. In fact, I, I was just interviewing uh, a CEO the other day uh, for my, my upcoming book that doesn't have a title yet, but um, he said, Ed, I, I had an opening for an HR manager. I brought someone over from marketing because I wanted a good communicator in that role, and I knew they could go out and learn all the HR basics, but learning how to communicate effectively is an innate trait, and I wanted that skill set in my HR function. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant concept. Exactly. It's almost like allowing disruption within to occur. Integration, right? Like let's pull from one place. Mm-hmm. We saw it 10, 15 years ago where business industries, you know, healthcare was looking over at supply chain and going, what are you guys doing over there to integrate all your different pieces? And then you started to see, you know, the, the electric or electronic health records start to come into play, right? Because people started integrating more. That wasn't inherently in a healthcare related concept, but it's what elevated their ability to service their patients care. And by the way, Ed, I know that this is the first time on the show, but Ira and I are completely okay. If you name your book, my time on the geek skeezers and Google Ace Googleization show. <laughs> what what I want. learned from my time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And with that, just a reminder, you are listening to the geek skeezers and Googleization show. Uh, our guest today is Ed Crow, uh, who is an HR strategist and a good friend and colleague of mine for almost two decades. Uh, we are talking about the future of HR and what it's going to take for them to get a voice at the table beyond the seat at the table. They've been trying for a long time. We are headed to a short break. Um, we'll hear from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. And stay right where you are. We will be back in two minutes. <music> Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real Yellow Pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real Yellow Pages, YP.com, and YP.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. 
Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Welcome back to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ibra Wolf. I'm with uh, Keith Compagna, my co-host today, and our special guest, Ed Crow. Hey, uh, when we left off, Ed, uh, we were talking about the communication. We, we were talking about a little of that over the break as well. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that comes up continually, and this isn't just HR, this is everyone. This is, this is moving toward that world of uh, predictive analytics or specific to HR people analytics is it's not the data, you know, going back to the example you gave earlier about the the uh, director of HR, whoever it was, uh, you know, coming into the boardroom, presenting the reports, you know, showing the slides, um, pie charts, uh, graphs, and leaving, just reporting the data. Mm-hmm. There might have been really, really valuable data in there if a story was told. Uh, and when we say story, we don't mean making oh. it up. This isn't fiction. Uh, this mm-hmm. is how does it relate to the business? Uh, I mean, I, I've... Uh, you know, you get around. I mean, you're doing a lot of conferences. Um, I, I have to check. You know, I'm going to be at Sherm Talent in two weeks and then Sherm, uh, you know, uh, be at New York City Sherm. I don't know if there's any storytelling sessions, you, you know, I'm in sure there. there's not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's not. And, not and enough, I think right? That that comes, well, you, right. And, and I think that that comes back, uh, as you said, to how we communicate. And if you've listened to a really good speaker, to your point, Ira, what makes them good is that they're entertaining, but within that entertainment is the message. Mm-hmm. And I feel like too often in HR, and not to pick just on HR, a lot of professional folks don't understand that whether you're presenting at a conference to thousands or to a boardroom of 10, that the way the information presented means more than the information itself. And so if we can't talk in terms of that, that story, weaving in some history behind the numbers, or painting the picture of what the future might look like if we can impact these numbers, then we can't possibly expect the folks to whom we're speaking to sit there and really get the depth of the message that we're trying to convey. And all what the is that message? speakers do that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and, and we don't have to be great public, true public speakers earning you know, six figures from gigs to get really good at doing that in the boardroom. What is the message that you think, who needs to hear what message first, Ed? Put it out there. 
I, I think HR as a profession uh, need, needs to wake up. Uh, I, yeah. I think those are brutal words. <laughs> Um, but I, I too often run into people that tell me they, they got into HR because they want to make people happy. They want to, they, they have a helping nature. So they got into HR, they were in social work. So they thought that HR was the, the next best thing. Uh, they started out in psychology and thought they could use that in HR. And, and so that's part of the problem is that, is that there is this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? This, this, this thought that HR is where the nice people go. The problem is right. we know that's not true because all you have to do is turn on your favorite TV show that's about business and you're going to see the, the poor schmuck they've got playing the HR person. <laughs> right. Nobody <laughs> likes. Right. Toby from The Office, classic example, right? And so right. there is a disconnect between <laughs> what the HR profession, how it sees itself, and how everybody else perceives HR. And they're so beat down. And this isn't a knock on HR. I mean, I'll speak on behalf of everyone on the phone, on the, on the podcast here. I mean, we admire the work that gets done. And, and, it, and it is, in my humble opinion, the tipping point for any organization of any size in any industry within the next five years. And I say five years because it's my belief from the technology side that techno the companies that do take advantage of implementing technology, they are going to exponentially lift their skill sets and their, and their ability to, to scale and, and, and the effectiveness of their, their game plans will make it really hard for any HR person outside of five, 10 years at the most to catch up. So, so let me, so let me throw this out to you. So the other day, you know, again, speaking to a, you know, HR software company, primarily, payroll benefits compliance and you know that's i mean that's important obviously you need those things um but as as i started to relate what i heard in that uh shop and ship you know to to go to to uh, you know ship and shop um they they were saying that everybody should be in the prediction business i mean that's that, and I mean, people who will succeed will recognize that they're in the prediction business. So, here, you know, here you have a company that that collects. I mean, that's all payroll and benefits and onboarding and HR is. I mean, it, it's a data collection monster. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, they have they have more pieces of data than anybody else. Um, but within that data lies the solutions for the company. Uh, it uh, it's not only um, you know, how much turnover did we have, but what can we do to predict the turnover? And what are the factors that might relate to that? Um, you know, I can't even get an answer, and I know both of you have heard me say this, Keith, probably more than you, Ed. Um, you might have seen it on my uh, on the LinkedIn mm -hmm. stuff. Um, you know, I continually say, somebody says, how do we find people? And I go, well, how many people apply but don't finish your application? They don't mm -hmm. know about that. Mm -hmm. How many people see it? Um, when do they leave? You know, do they leave at the beginning or during or the end of your application? Do they leave because it's not mobile friendly? Uh, beyond that, let's say you, you have a 90% completion rate. Is that helping you? Uh, or are, uh, you know, 99% of the 90% who complete it not qualified? You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, to me, these are pretty superficial questions. And yet they don't have the answer, 
you know, to mm-hmm. those. So, you know, that critical mind, that little bit of critical thinking. But beyond that, I mean, where companies are moving is really to this prediction business of of being able to identify people of when they would, you know, when they might leave. But going into an area I know you get into with like compensation, um, pay equity, gender equity, uh, how much of an increase will will increase or decrease, uh, you know, a lack, I, I guess, well, even too much or not enough of a pay increase. Um, you know, how does that impact churn, engagement, satisfaction, production, performance? Uh, right now, it's let's try this and see if it works, uh, where the best companies, uh, it, you know, driven by HR, are starting to identify if we do an 8% increase, it will allow this to happen. If we do a 3% increase, that this will happen. If we do a 12%, this will happen. Or if we increase the premium, they have to the copay or decrease it. Um, they're getting to the point where they know these things ahead of it, and that does directly impact the bottom line or performance or the ability to produce. Uh, how far away are we? I mean, am I am I just talking to the wrong people, <laughs> or, or 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 is you know, do I need to find a better group of surround myself with a different group of people, um, or or is it that or or am I you know is it real? No, it, it's. You know, there was a, a, a study done. Actually, it was a, a compilation of studies on what, what percent change in pay gets someone to act differently. That, that if you're mm-hmm. just looking at pay alone, what's the percentage that you have to change someone's pay to get them to change their behavior? It's 7%. Stop now, the, it. The average 7%? company isn't in- Seven, yes. The, the average company is not handing out 7% pay raises, okay? And mainly because they can't afford to do it, and I, and I get that. But, but here's the problem. So I, I like to keep things – I'm a simple guy. I like to keep things simple. You know, when, when that candidate comes in the door and we interview them, they seem to like us, we seem to like them. So we shake hands and we say, okay, candidate – we're willing to give you this package, and we put out the pay and the benefits and all the frills. We lay it on the table. So we're, we're willing to, to give you this package in return for your time, your talent, and business results. And they say, I think that's a fair swap. We shake hands. Off we go on this, this new uh, coworker horizon. And then the first year, they knock it out of the park, and we're patting ourselves in the back. We're saying, yeah, we nailed that hire. They're awesome. Thanks for your hard work. Here's 2%. And, and, and that may be okay the first year, maybe even the second year, but after a while, your superstars are going to look at that and say, well, wait a minute. You keep stretching my goals and stretching my goals, and you're handing me peanuts in return. And, and HR has to really take a look at, at the paradigm of how re- we reward our people. I am so disheartened at the number of organizations out there today that still have no link between the results their employees drive mm-hmm. and the level of pay they receive. And what I hear routinely is, well, Ed, we like to be fair, and fair is giving everyone the same percentage increase. Mm-hmm. And I look at those, and sometimes this is business owners saying this to me, and I look at them and say, that's not fair. 
because everyone's still not getting the same increase unless everybody here is earning exactly the same level of pay, and right. all you're doing is rewarding mediocrity. Right. So if, if we really, you know, if HR really wants that voice at the table, those are the kinds of challenging discussions they have to be willing to have with the C-suite and ownership of their companies to say the way we've always done it is not working now, and it sure as heck is not going to work in another five to ten years. So, I mean, going back, think differently. I mean, so, so you know, a couple minutes ago, we were talking about one of the right off the top of the head. You said you're embarrassed to even mention this. That communication is is a core skill. So, but beyond that, I mean, are do you see HR even having this ability to think? Of these questions. So as you're doing it, I mean, my mind goes that way. And I think everybody on this call is I'm thinking, so the 7% increase, uh, well, we can only afford six, but that doesn't just mean that it's a one seventh, you know, we're going to see a one seventh increase in turnover <laughs> or a drop mm -hmm. in performance because it may be much more significant than that. I mean, that it is, you know, so there, there's a whole lot of other effects. But I don't see, I mean, I don't see people asking me those questions. It's more like, well, what should turnover be? What's a good rate for that? Uh -huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Uh, I, you know, I get that all the time. I'll hear, well, our turnover is 5% compared to the industry average, which is 10%. And, and I remember one time he hearing someone say those exact words, and I looked at them and said, who cares? The closest person in your industry is 100 miles from here. Yeah. So let's not worry about what the industry average is. Right, right. How about turnover as it relates to who well, you're losing? Yeah. Right? I mean, if, right. if yeah. it's yeah. Who, who are you losing? Product, right, yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. If it's, yeah. if it's your worst performers, I'll open the door for them to walk out. Yeah, so but if it's, the, right. if it's our top performers, we've got a problem. So, so I'll tell and, you. And again, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, I think that, that, and if you can hear the frustration in my voice, it's because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't consider myself any, anyone special, and yet I'm thinking of these things. Why isn't the rest of the HR yeah, exactly. profession thinking yeah. these things? Well, I, have an answer. I think I have an answer to that, Ed, because I've been chewing on that for the better part of a decade, because I am one of those people that can't imagine I'm the smart person. It's just not in my DNA. The, mm -hmm. the reality is maybe it's the audience is an HR. Maybe the audience is that C-suite. Maybe the audience is the board of directors. How do, do, how do they get, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm coming from, I guess my, my inner sales guy here is coming out here, but what is it? How do you get that message to the C-level and the board of directors? Because HR doesn't seem to be grasping it very quickly. Right. And we all agree there's an urgency element here. Um, well, yeah, and I'll take you back to the, the story I told earlier about the CEO who grabbed me after a speaking session. So I ended up working with that organization. And as part of, of my deep dive into what was going on in there, I sat down with every member of the C-suite. And I was blown away at the level of thought that the average person in the C-suite thought that HR was doing okay for this organization. And so I'm sitting there with chief finance, chief marketing, it was a medical organization, chief nursing officer, uh, chief IT officer, and saying, okay, but what's HR doing for you? 
well, and then they'd stop and they'd hesitate. I'd say, there's the problem. If, if you don't know what HR is <laughs> doing for you to make your life easier, then how can you sit here and tell me that they're doing a good job? And, right. and each one of the people said, well, we really don't hear, hear complaints from our people about it. I said, but that's not an indicator that they're doing the job for you. And so we sat there and had a talk about what a good HR function would look like and how it would impact their individual departments. And you could see the light bulbs going off. Right. And so I think there's, there are such low expectations sometimes mm-hmm. that, well, we're not hearing complaints. So everything must be okay around here. So do you um, think that that attributes so to the much more? Do you think uh, that that has a lot to do or anything to do with the idea that a CFO is looking at a whole lot of spreadsheets a CEO is looking at maybe investments and, and all the different C levels. They're simply not putting attention to this. It's almost like the, um, you know, the, this quiet movement of, uh, mm-hmm. failed, uh, cause to me, and, and I guess to tie a bow around it, right. There's the idea that there aren't going to be people to support this, this lack of progressive HR movement. Right. So like there, there's simply if if you can't get more efficient and more effective, there aren't going to be the extra bodies to throw at the problem. So something traumatic could happen to the business. Right. Is where that's where you're going with all this. Right. So maybe the C-levels just don't get the time. So how do we get them to see it? So and, well, and and I just want to chime in here because we're we're actually about five minutes. Oh look, away. we're at the end of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that, <laughs> but I, I think that was a good segue. So, uh, uh, Ed, I mean, you know, taking yeah. Keith's point, um, you know, what should the the C-suite, what should the C CEO uh, or president or even a small business owner, what should they be looking to HR to do? So. If HR wants to drive value inside the organization, regardless of size, it has to become proactive. Business owners don't want to hear about problems. They want to hear about the solutions. And so when I talk with CEOs and business owners, those that tell me they have really good HR functions tell me that HR comes to them and says, hey, boss, I've identified this problem. Here's where it's coming from. Here's where I think we need to go to solve the problem. I need X amount of dollars to make that happen. Are we good to go? And, and business owners that have that luxury, and it is a true luxury to have an HR person doing what, mm-hmm. what I think is something relatively simple. They love their HR people, and they don't make moves without them. Yes. Conversely, that, that HR person who acts as pretty much the compliance police, uh, I've had CEOs tell me, I, I go around my HR function anytime I can because I get tired of being told no. I need a partner to help run my business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the only reason they're here is I don't want to deal with the hiring and hanging posters. I, I had that talk with a, with a CEO just the other day. That that's <laughs> his view, that, that it's a necessary evil and it's a roadblock. Right. Obviously, we talked about what it should be then. Right. Um, so, there's, but, so there's obviously a, a lot of work that needs to be done. 
Uh, Yeah, and and with that, Ed, uh, as the HR strategist, and it sounds you're you're getting some aha moments and some breakthrough moments with uh, uh, a lot of organizations, pretty impressive list. Mm -hmm. How can someone who wants to talk to you to get this done in their organization, how can they reach you? What's the best way? Um, Tell the listeners. So. Uh, so they can they can find me uh, online at edcrow.com, and that's uh, E-D-K-R-O-W.com. Uh, email is real simple. It's ed at edcrow.com. Uh, or they can uh, can always uh, give me a, a shout on, on Twitter or LinkedIn. They can find me out there as, as well. And um, I, I always welcome having chats with folks who – want to, to get the most out of their HR function, want it to be a, a strategic contributor just like every other major piece of the business. Um, those are my ideal clients, folks that say, I don't like the status quo. It's time to, to build up my HR function with true professionals that are going to help me get the, the business to where I want it to go. Yeah, for sure. Great, great advice. And and like so many of other guests, uh, especially the um, last few weeks, uh, we, we just barely scratched the surface. So uh, we hope uh, both Keith and I hope you'll uh, you'll join us again sometime. Um, you know, may, 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 maybe uh, yeah, maybe may some uh, hot topics that are surfacing and we need to address them. Uh, you've been listening. Can we, to- uh, Ed, can we have you on the show next week and then the following week and then the following week? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank I'm, you so I'm much. at your disposal yeah, yeah I appreciate that so speaking of the following week on the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show uh, next week's guest is Rob Kelly uh, Rob is a co-founder of On Gig uh, which is a really cool company doing some really neat things with uh, differentiating between a job description and a job posting and a job listing and uh, with you know and, and again you've heard her mention it but they uh, they are where I go to to get a lot of the the newest trends uh, so that'll be exciting uh, Keith will you be back in uh, in the area next week. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so far, so good. Yeah. Super. <laughs> so, well, again, we want to thank everybody for listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we bring you topics and thought leaders discussing a future of work where the tired, the wired, and technology converge. Until next Wednesday and every Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, a whole bunch of other ones. Um, this is your host, Ira Wolf, co-host Keith Compagna. Our guest today was Ed Crow. Don't let the shift hit your plans. 